Welcome to Montgomery County Today. I'm Jen Harris and joining me is County Administrator Craig Meadows. We're here to talk about our recent Board of Supervisors meeting. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks, Jen. I'm glad to be here and to share some once in a decade news with the group today. <laughs> well, that sounds kind of big, once in a decade. Yes, it yeah. is. It is. Uh, at our meeting last night, which was February 14th, there were not a lot of items on the agenda, but we did have one big item. But before I get to that big item, I want to share that David Clark from VDOT uh, was present last, last night and did present uh, current road challenges and opportunities to the board. David comes once a month and shares VDOT information with the board and also uh, uses that as an opportunity to receive uh, questions from the board on various projects. Uh, we always are glad to have him there. And, uh, he keeps the board in the loop on current road happenings throughout the county. Oh, one quick note about that. VDOT, they maintain the county roads, but the towns, are they maintain their own roads. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, just a bit of trivia is uh, if you travel throughout the county and see roads that are numbered 600 or higher, those are actually county roads. And when I say county roads, uh, in the state system, those are considered uh, roads that belong to Montgomery County. However, back during the Great Depression, many, many years ago, um, counties were unable to maintain roads and the state wanted to ensure that all roads were kept to a minimum level. And so the state assumed responsibility uh, for all those roads. Uh, so uh, the state through VDOT maintains roads in the county, the towns maintain certain roads in the towns, roads like 460, US 11, those roads are uh, state and national designated roads. And so they're maintained by VDOT as well. So that's, that's probably more than anybody ever wanted to know about roads, but. Uh, it's just, helpful information, especially during the winter, people, you know, why haven't they plowed my road? Well, who's the day you're talking about? It's good to know who right. the day is. That's right. The Montgomery County does not plow roads. That's a good point. The VDOT takes care of roads. And if you live on a road number 600 or higher, uh, VDOT takes care of your road. And sometimes it takes a while, especially in certain storms, but uh, they do take care of those. Well, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the agenda, and then we'll get to the to the once in a decade item. Um, after David presented to the board, uh, we had a time for public address where we had one citizen who came forward and addressed the board. Uh, then we moved on into the board's consent agenda. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, the consent agenda is where board, the board takes action on things like routine appropriations and transfers, minutes from previous meetings and appointments of individuals to various boards and commissions. Uh, once we got through consent agenda, uh, the board entered into a work session to discuss two items, uh, one of which was term limits for the planning commission. Uh, the board by consensus decided to uh, extend term limits for planning commission members from two terms to three terms which will uh, help address uh, the retention of institutional knowledge of several of the existing members who are approaching their current two-term limit. Uh, we were, became concerned that because of a little bit of turnover and the way some of the term limits with the Planning Commission uh, have fallen, we had the potential 
by the end of this year of having six planning commission members with a year or less of experience. And we just thought that was not um, beneficial for our citizens or the community. Uh, not that those six wouldn't be very, very intelligent individuals. It's just that it's always good to have a little institutional knowledge on all your uh, various boards and commissions. So the board uh, by consensus did agree to extend those from two terms to three terms and each term is a four year term. Uh, after the board's work session, uh, they had three items of new business. Uh, one was the removal of Cornbread Road from the rural addition priority list, and that was due to uh, the residents along Cornbread Road not being in agreement on uh, the ability to acquire wider right of way for that project. And we scheduled uh, two public hearings uh, for March 14th. So you mentioned one uh, item in the work session just now, but um, there was a second item you said that was discussed. So that must have been the once in a decade item. Is that, is that what I'm figuring out here? Yeah, that's very good. Very good, Jim. <laughs> uh, and, you know, when we talk about once in a decade item, it's hard for me to believe this is the second time in my tenure here that we've done that. So it must, I, I think I've been here a little while now. Um, what is it? Um, every it's like a, a you know years in county government. Is it kind of like a dog years thing? You know, like every one year, seven years. Is that how that works? I don't know. It's, <laughs> some some years in county government feel like ten years. That's for sure. But um, we did talk about redistricting during the, as the other item in work session last night, and as as we've. Uh, referred to several times this morning, every 10 years after the annual census, annual census, what is it, the decennial census, every 10 years after the census numbers are released, the county steps back and looks at uh, the population balance between the various districts in Montgomery County. So redistricting was the topic on the work session. Why is that necessary? Well, uh, the shortened sweet of it is it's the law. Uh, we have to make sure uh, that there's an equal number, uh, equal representation of citizens throughout all seven districts in the county. Uh, you know, the county is divided into seven electoral districts. Those seven districts have to be as balanced as possible. And this, it, it's always a challenge. This year, uh, it was a bit more of a challenge. Uh, for two reasons. One, uh, we received the census data uh, later than usual. This, you know, this little pandemic thing has thrown all kinds of governmental activities into, into chaos, and the census was certainly one of those as well. And uh, so we got our census data much later than we normally do. And uh, because the General Assembly was unable among themselves to come to an agreement on how to redraw the uh, congressional districts uh, for legislation, legislative districts in Virginia, the Supreme Court had to step in to draw those districts, and we couldn't do anything with our process until the Supreme Court ruled on those legislative districts. So uh, we really uh, kind of got behind the eight ball and having to move quickly at the county uh, level. Once we received that information from the state, 
regarding the legislative districts, then our districts had to be redrawn to be within a 5% margin of each other. Uh, the target population based on the county's population is 14,285 uh, to be exact. So we tried to get within 5% plus or minus of that number for each of the seven districts. And um, that yeah, was so a, little, a little bit of work. Some challenge, uh, but from what I understand, it was a bit of a process to follow all those guidelines provided by the state um, to make sure that each district had as much, you know, as equal representation as you're saying within that 14,285 number. Um, things like all the polls had to be within a mile of the nearest precinct boundary for which they serve. And um, if they're not in the actual boundary of the district itself or the actual district, I should say, and they can't cross newly the, the districts, they, the, they can't cross the newly established Senate and House district lines. It sounds like it was a big, massive process from what I understand. It is, it is a massive process. And uh, as I said earlier, it's not an easy task uh, to complete, uh, but we have a rock star group over in GIS. We have a, a huge department of two individuals uh, <laughs> who work together and were able to meet the requirements and get each district within 5% of the target population. And, now, uh, real quick. Yes. So that, and know there are two people, and you said you've been around for more than one of these now. You, this is your second one. Um, I also think I heard people saying that there was a point in time where it was a much more manual process of printing out a map and getting a calculator and trying to figure it out on a map itself. And that so is, I think- That's what, correct. From what I understand, it wasn't easy, but it was a step in a, a little bit of an easier step this year because it was done on, on a computer and- we have software that our team was able to use to do this. So it definitely wasn't something that they could just close their eyes and push a button and make happen, but it was a little bit of an easier process than sitting on the floor with maps and a calculator. Is that, that, that's <laughs> that was the, fair, how I envisioned it. That was, that is a very fair assessment because uh, with GIS now, you know, everything in the world is a data point, people, facilities, streets. And so, uh, if you know how to manipulate and act or work with those data points to come up with the desired outcomes, you can you can you can do that very well. You know that doesn't mean that uh, it's a it's a locked in process. The reason we're having the public hearing to discuss uh, the districts and the reason we had the work session last night is several board members brought up. Several uh, adjustments they'd like to see, maybe with a polling place, maybe with certain areas that uh, to them may make more sense in one district versus another. Uh, thankfully, with GIS, you can quickly go back and manipulate some of that to see what it what it creates and the impacts. Uh, as I shared with a board member last night, though, it's it's like a big puzzle. So if you take one small piece out of that puzzle and turn it then you start having to turn other pieces to make the puzzle still stay together. And so uh, when a board member may suggest they wanna move one neighborhood or one street, yes, you can do that. And as long as you stay within that 5% margin, you're okay. But it, it's, it's a very intricate process. And I can't, you know, uh, I remember 10 years ago, the challenges that we had and we had more time 10 years ago. I also remember in another jurisdiction 20 years ago, 
I mean, it literally takes days. It took days of spraying stuff on a table and uh, lots of calculations. And now with GIS, you just put in the inputs you're looking for and it spits out what you need. So um, as I mentioned uh, last night at the, I keep saying last night for those of you that listen later than Tuesday the 15th, it was on February 14th, uh, the board reviewed the updated district maps and agreed to a public hearing on March 14th to provide citizens a chance to provide feedback on the districts. Following that uh, public hearing on the 14th, the board will take a vote. Then we'll proceed with notifying registered voters of any changes that may be made to their respective districts. So I, I know a little bit about the that side of it, not much. It's my first time going through redistricting the county here. So um, I believe we have things in the works, you know, an interactive map that'll be on our website so that voters can um, type in their address and see where they fall within that. Obviously, you said there'll be a lot of communication going on. I think the voter registrar's office. So I know there are a lot of things we're talking through about how to notify people. And that's going to be the next big step once we get through, I believe, March 14th. Absolutely. Our, <clears throat> our plan is to communicate this information uh, that we talked about as broadly as possible. I know that our director of elections, Connie Byer, is working extremely hard to make sure everything's in place and that all the registered voters will be notified well in advance of the 2022 elections. Please stay tuned uh, for more information about this in the weeks and months to come. Also, uh, feel free to go to montva.com uh, at any time. You know, we're going to put as much information as we can out there for citizens to uh, see what's going on. And also, if you have an interest or concern, please join us at the March 14th board meeting. Thank you for this. Um, as always, thank you for taking the time to share insight as to what the board does at uh, their board meetings and how it impacts the citizens of Montgomery County. And it sounds like this is a great big deal, uh, redistricting. So we hope everyone will, will learn more and, and take the time to uh, see where you fall within uh, the districts and how to vote. That would be a big deal for everybody. We really want you to do that. And for more details about Montgomery County or the Board of Supervisors and all the exciting things like redistricting and uh, planning for the upcoming budget, uh, we hope you will visit our website at montva.com. And also to view the Board of Supervisors meetings in their entirety, you can visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash MontgomeryVA. Jen, I always appreciate the opportunity to share what's happening uh, with our citizens any chance I get. And before I wrap up, you mentioned one thing in your last comment that I want to remind folks as well. Uh, in addition to everything else going on around here, it is annual budget season. Uh, that is quite a big undertaking that we're currently working on along with redistricting and along with anything else that comes up from board meeting to board meeting. So uh, next time we have an opportunity to chat, I hope to share a little more with everyone about the budget process and where we are with that. And uh, look forward to talking to everyone then. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks so much.